0: Chapter number 3, it's 8 verses long. We'll preach through the whole psalm, but let's read it together. Psalm chapter number 3, look at verse 1. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God. Selah. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter of mine head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill, Selah. I laid me down and slept. I awaked, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have them set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone. Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people, Selah. You can be seated. I want to take as a main thought, a main emphasis there in verse 3, the main focal point of our series is being where God interrupts the but gods of the Bible. Here in verse 3, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And I want to talk, preach to you about how God interrupts our dangers. How God interrupts our dangers. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, Father. God, I pray that you would bless and touch and move. God, I pray that during the preaching of your word that you'd be exalted. God, we just can't make too much of you. Father, you're seated high in the heavens. You are mighty. You are able to be our strong tower, our refuge in time of trouble. God, I pray that you'd take your word and that you would divide it. Feed our hungry hearts with it. God, we pray that you'd be exalted by the attributes of your person that we'll bring forth in this message. Father, we pray for those that are not the people of God that are among us today that don't know you. We pray that they would repent, turn, come to the cross and find forgiveness of sin, remission of sin and eternal life in Jesus Christ. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. You know, as a child, I was always looking around, poking around the barn, looking for something new to play with. I remember one time I found a piece of three-quarter inch plywood that was about two feet in diameter. Immediately when I saw it, I said, that's it. I grabbed it up, ran to the house, went through my mama's sewing room to try to find uh, some kind of strap to put on it. Found me some red-looking straps to put on that piece of wood. I nailed them on there, and then I, I took some crayons and some chalk and and magic markers and took the other side of it and tried to draw what I thought looked like ancient writings and ancient markings on it. And by the time I was finished, I had a shield. I had made myself a shield for battle. And I had that shield for many years, and it fended off the imaginary fiery arrows of the enemy long into my childhood, that shield that I had. Well, listen, uh, uh, but, fi- uh, but as, a, as for a shield, we're not dealing with uh, enemies in our lives that are imaginary, are we? No, we need a shield in our lives that'll fend off the enemies of this world. A shield that, uh, that uh, uh, but in our day and time, uh, in our daily lives, our enemies are not imaginary. They're the Goliath-like world that is around us. They're the wild beasts called our flesh. They're the roaring lion called the devil that consistently attack. No, no wooden shield pulled from the scrap heap of dad's wood pile is going to protect against the onslaughts of the world, the flesh, and the devil. But as children of God, believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we do have access to divine protection, to a heavenly shield, and God can interrupt our dangers that surround every child of God by applying the following four spiritual principles laid out in our text. So I want us to pull four principles that we can apply to our lives to lay hold of divine protection. Now the first principle I want you to see is, first of all, we can can have God interrupt our dangers by delivering up the source of our dangers. Delivering up the source of our dangers. Look at verse one and two. Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there are there be which say of my soul there is no help from him in God. Selah. You see, here we see it is uh, it is critically important to know the background of this psalm. This psalm was written when David was running. From his own son. You say, why was David running from his son? Well, his son Absalom had usurped the throne. Had taken the throne from his very father. And now David is on the run. He, had, uh, Absalom had successfully turned the hearts of the people against David. And now David takes his woes and presents them to God. Notice David mentions the amount of the enemy. He's talking about, in verse 1, he said how they are increased that come against me. David said that the the people that are my enemies, they're increasing manifold. They're coming more and more in number. Notice in verse 2, he mentions many. In verse 1, he mentions many uh, there are that come against him. You see, it's not. It's not uh, uh, the word increase. Note the word increased and many during the time of this revolt. David, who's once had the heart of his people, remember about David. The people used to sing. Saul had slain his thousands, but David slain his tens of thousands. He used to have the heart. Of the people, but through the sly cunning of Absalom, he had turned the heart of the people. They had turned their hearts against David. The people were now rejecting him more and more. 2 Samuel five twelve says, And Absalom sent Ahithophel, the Gileonite, David's counselor, from his city, and even Gil, 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 Gilho, where, while he uh, offered sacrifices. And the conspiracy was strong for the people increased continually with Absalom. The people's hearts were being taken in in, in ever increasing amounts from David to Absalom. Not only Absalom. Absalom, a rebellious son, had turned against his own father. But Ahithophel, Ahithophel was was the faithful counselor of David. Uh, David would go to Ahithophel, and Ahithophel would give him good counsel and and guidance in his matters. But not only Ahithophel, but the generals and even the soldiers of some of David's army, they begin to turn their back on their leader. You know, I've been witness to several, uh, to a few squabbles in churches. And I've seen this happen firsthand. Someone come in and try to win the hearts of the people and usurp in a church house the authority of the pastor, and the people begin to take their their hearts, begin to be turned against their leader, turned against their pastor. That's exactly what's happening to David. Listen, this is a modern day tale that could be told in many of our lives. People turning against us for no other reason than the, the, the sly, cunning words of others. But notice the amount of the enemy, but also notice the action of the enemy. These enemies are just not at a safe distance away and, and they, you ever, you ever, had a, a bully in the class, and 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 he just looks at you dirty, looks at you mean, and and y'all, you know, enemies in in class and in school, grade school, you kind of snarl at each other and look at each other from a distance. But that's not this enemy. No, it's full conflict. The word trouble here in verse one means to squeeze. It means to press in, uh, press in to be in tribulation. They had risen up uh, to, to tower over David. He said in verse one, "Many are they that rise up against me." Uh, these folks had had usurped authority. They'd come against David, even so far as to threaten him. David said, "There's too many, and 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 no, uh, it's it's like a no win situation. They've come against me to uh, to attack me." To perform actions against David. Not only the actions, but also the assumption of the enemy. Notice in verse 2. Many there be which say of my soul, There is no help from him in God. But what, what are these? Uh, uh, you see, they, they were saying that God had left him. They were saying that God was far from David. Now what separates man from God is what? Sin. Sin separates. And these people, I believe, are basically throwing up David's sin in his face. Looking at they're probably they're probably thinking about the sin of Bathsheba and how that maybe Absalom used that to try to separate David from the people that were committed to him. The word help here is almost always translated in the Bible, the word salvation. In verse 2, many, uh, many would say of my soul, there is no help for him. What they mean is no salvation for him. There, uh, you see, it, could it be that they're throwing David's sin with Bathsheba up in his face and saying, God's not going to save you this time, David. You're getting what you deserve, David. You see, these enemies were coming with the assumption that God's not going to help David because of his previous sin. But also, notice the aim of the endangered. Now we hear David here, he's saying all these things about his enemies, how many there are, what they're doing, and also what they're saying. But notice what this, the aim of the phrase is. Look at the very first word. He said, Lord. He's taking this to the Lord. You see, that's the first thing we must do when encountering an enemy. We must be delivering up the source of our danger. That's what David's doing. He's presenting it before God. He's giving, uh, the, the, the two first lines indicate he's taking it to the Lord. He's not complaining to his advisors. He's not unloading under, onto his friends or his wife. No, he is delivering up the danger to his heavenly father. He's he, who hears and answers prayer. We can't over over-emphasize enough. And it's emphasized several times in this psalm the importance of prayer when we're being uh when we're being attacked by enemies. And importance in prayer when Satan is attacking our lives, when the world is encroaching on our uh, Christian lives, when the flesh rises up in strength on the inside of our lives, prayer is an essential. David is delivering up the problem unto the Lord. That's a good starting place. When you're being attacked, uh, don't look at how you can get back at someone or how you can reverse the attack, how you can protect yourself or what. You lift up this unto God. Deliver the source of danger unto God. That's exactly what David's doing. Notice also, not only can we have God interrupt our dangers by delivering up the source of our danger, but also depending on the sovereign over danger. Look at verse 3. But thou, O Lord, here's our heavenly conjunction. Here's where God interrupts. He said, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. I can't read these verses without... I told Carrie what we was preaching on the next text. And as soon as I told her, she started singing one of my favorite songs by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. The Lord is our shield. He said, uh, uh, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lifter of my head. Oh, what a great song that is. But it is so true. Uh, this is, uh, it is They're singing, God interrupts our danger. You see, He's depending upon sovereign power when faced with an enemy. Don't depend on yourself. Don't depend on your ability. But depend on sovereign ability. You see, first of all, God is our shield. The word shield here in verse number 3, O oh Lord, Thou art a shield unto me means more than just a two-foot wooden shield like I made when I was a kid. It means a buckler. It means not only a shield in the front, but it means a shield in the back and a shield on either side and a shield above and a shield beneath. He said, You're the buckler that protects me. Uh, remember watching all those old space movies when I was a kid and space shows and they'd show that that uh, a force field around those ships. Remember Star Trek and how, they, how some of those uh, ships have force field around. That's what uh, David is referring to. All around me, that there's no place where the enemy can get to me because you're my shield. I remember when I when I looked at this word buckler and studying this passage and how that he he said that it was a shield on the left and right and on the top and the front and the back. I thought about the Roman soldiers. You know how they won a lot of their battles. The whole company of men. Would gather together in a in a square, in a in a in a formation. And then each soldier would take his shield and the ones on the left side, he'd take his shield and put it on the left side. And the ones in the middle would take their shield and put it over their heads. The ones in the front would put it like this. The ones on this side put it that side. The ones in the back. And they would march like a turtle almost. They would march right into the enemy completely protected. That's what David is saying here. He said, I am protected on all sides. I am shielded by God. I like how Spurgeon put it in this text. He said, oh what a shield is God for his people. He wards off the fiery darts of Satan from beneath and the storms and trials from above. While at the same instant he speaks peace to the tempest Within the be- the breast. Oh, what a shield God is. Listen, you're not facing your enemies on your own. You're not facing the world, the flesh, and the devil with your little pinny shield and penny self self-worked-up sword. It is God who is our shield. Depend upon His strength. Not only God is my shield, but God is my splendor. Look at what he said in verse uh, 3. O oh Lord, thou art my shi- a shield for me. And also, he said, my glory. Now, what is that doing there? Well, remember, David was chased off the throne. He was chased off. He was forced from his kingly robes. He was forced from his place of majesty. You see, he, w- and he, he was being slandered and disregarded by most of the people. The people were dragging David's name in the mud. He wasn't seen in their eyes as a king anymore. He was seen as as someone that shouldn't be the king. You see, David was stripped of his kingly glory and splendor. But David, David knew that those came from God. You know, your state as a believer doesn't come from those that think different things about you. Your standing before Almighty God, your glory, your splendor, doesn't come from those that are coming against you, from the words of the attackers. No, like the moon reflects the glory of the sun, our glory, our splendor, our state as children of God comes from Him and Him alone. You see, in all this mix, David didn't forget who he was. And that's the best piece of application right there that ain't in my notes I ever gave. When, I, when trouble comes on in your life, it's not the trouble that defines who you are. It is He that defines who you are. And He said, I'm a royal nation. I'm a holy priesthood. I've been set apart, sealed, sanctified. I'm headed to heaven. Nothing in the world. And the world can't take that away. They can't do anything about that. God is my splendor. Not what the world thinks about me. Not only God is my shield, my splendor, but also God's my support. Oh, look at verse 3. What tender words from the, from the, the, the sweet psalmist of Israel and the lifter of mine head. You remember Psalm 23. So for Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember when my pastor, Brother Ken, you know, so much, uh, so much of the fiber of what God has done in my life has been placed there by my pastor, by God using my pastor to speak to my heart. And when we were, he was preaching a series out of Psalm 23, and he talked about the care of the shepherd. How that every day the shepherd would bring the flock in from the field and then have to pass through a narrow place. And when every sheep would come in, the shepherd would reach down and he would take the, the head of that sheep and he would point it at himself and he'd look for bruises. He'd look for bumps. He'd look for briars in the ear. And that shepherd would apply ointment to the, maybe the brow of that sheep. You know, sheep can butt heads with other sheep. <laughs> when they're out there in the flock, those, those sheep, uh, uh, those, uh, they can butt heads with each other and get in a fight. And, and the shepherd would soothe those wounds there. He would, a lot of them travels, they'd get into thorns when they were eating, and their little ear would get pricked by thorns. And the, the shepherd would take his bag of ointment and place it on the ear of the sheep. Oftentimes, insects can, uh, can rest in the nostrils of the sheep, and the, the shepherd would take care of them. But it all starts with the shepherd lifting up the head of the sheep. Oh, there's so many times I come in at the end of the day beaten and bruised by the world, the flesh, and the devil being talked about, being ridiculed, being slandered. And God is my strength. God is the lifter of my head. You remember when David was at Ziklag? We preached several months ago about And David was, his, all of his uh, family and all the village was burned, and the family and children were taken, and all the men turned against David. And what did David do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. He said, The Lord came and he lifted my head. Oh, listen, don't seek your. You can, listen, we can seek encouragement from our wives, we can seek encouragement from others, but there is no lifter of the head like the encouragement and the support of God. You see, God is the lifter of the head. And then in verse 4, God is my supply. Look at verse 4. He said, I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill. Once again, here we find what? Prayer. Prayer. He said, I cried unto the Lord. And He heard. He said, He heard. He answered my prayer. David cried aloud. And hallelujah, God heard him. There's nothing wrong with getting yourself alone somewhere and calling on God. You know, a lot of times our public prayer is the prayer where we verbally give to God. When I pray up here, when others pray, Brother Greg and Brother Bill and Brother Tony, Brother Wayne, others that have prayed publicly here, we lift our voice unto God. Oftentimes, though, in my prayer time, I'm not really vocal But a lot of times, there comes times in our lives, times of the most distress, when I do what? When you do what as well? We lift our voice to God. Doesn't matter who's around. We begin to call on Him. Verbally, vocally. That's what David did. He screamed to the heavens, Oh God, rescue me. Oh God, save me. Look how they've come uh, against me. One author wrote this, for God to hear according to the scripture is the same thing as to answer. David said he heard me. If God heard me God's going to answer me. Amen. He may not come the way I want him to. He may not come when I want him to. But God hears and answers prayer. Prayer is such an important. And David is saying here in his trust in sovereign power depending on sovereign power he said God is my supply. Not only should we Uh, First of all, deliver up the source of our danger and depend on sovereign power over danger. But also, we can be in, God can interrupt our dangers by displaying a security in the midst of danger. By by displaying a security in the midst of danger. Look at verse 5. I laid me down and slept, I awaked for the Lord's sustain. David said, I'm surrounded by the enemy. I got all these people talking about me, chasing the countryside, trying to find me, trying to usurp me, trying to take me off the throne. And David said, after I called on the Lord, I laid down and sleep. You know, times of sleep are very vulnerable times. I've heard it said, I don't know this for a fact, but I've heard it said that in some branches of the military service, they teach maybe the special forces, maybe the Navy SEALs to sleep with their eyes open to be more alert to danger. Because when you're asleep you ever been startled by somebody coming right up on you when you're sleeping and you're napping real good and somebody gets kind of close to you and startles you. You see, you're completely vulnerable when you're asleep. You're not aware of your surroundings. It's a pretty dangerous place to be. You see, sometimes rest and sleep are the most difficult things to have when life is filled with dangers. you ever been kept awake at night. Well, I got a lot of head bobbing going on here. Everybody's been kept up at night. You've been late into the night worrying about this, concerned about this. This enemy says this. This thing is attacking in my family, in my home, in my personal life to keep us awake. David, David is, is on the run now. David's on the lamb. He's running from his life. He is, his enemies are scouring the countryside looking for him, and yet, David. Places this security of his life in the hands of the Almighty. He pulls up a big fluffy pillow and he falls fast asleep. Rest in his protection. Hey, when you give it to God, give it to God and trust God. Display divine security. Display a security in the midst of danger. Thomas Akempis said this, Oh, how great peace and quietness would he possess who should cut off all vain anxiety and place his confidence in God. Give it to God and trust in God. Lay your head down at night. He has sovereign power to keep it in complete and utter control. You can sleep at night. Think about old." Old Peter down at that jail. Acts chapter 12. Very first message I ever preached in this church. Acts chapter 12. Peter's down in that in that d- damp, dark prison. He's facing execution. James was just beheaded last week. He's next on the chopping block. And where do we find Peter? Son logs in the back of the jail cell. Why? Because God had promised him Peter. He said, you'll not die, young man. It is when you're old you'll die. And you'll be taking that place which you wouldn't want to. You see, he was trusting in God's promise. He found security in the midst of his danger. Hey, listen, I know financial pressures are croaching in on everybody. I know, uh, uh, listen, I've heard more than one tale this weekend of how 401ks are, <laughs> are taking a hit, how all the problems in the financial wor- world are happening. But in the midst of these problems, we can trust in Him. David laid his head asleep at night and trusted God. Not only have security during sleep, but also have security during surrounding. David is not underestimating his enemies and the danger he is facing. He said 10,000, look at verse 6. He said, I'll not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. He's not underestimating them and say, ah, they're a bunch of pushovers, I can take them on. He's not underestimating them, nor, nor is he a, is he minimizing them. He said, look, there are 10,000, see that S on the, on the end of thousands? That means more than one. That means 20,000, 30,000. However many there are against David, more than one. A land... Uh, 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 uh. A a handful of men alone is no match for the surrounding army of 10,000. Yet with God, what did Jesus say? All things are possible. With Him, now by myself, I can't face 10,000. And by myself, I can't handle the trials of life. And by myself, I can't handle uh, the the financial anxiety and the disasters that are on the horizon for our nation. But I know I can trust during the surroundings in a God that has power to deliver. One night while John Patton, a missionary to the New Hebrides Islands, was on his, is in his mission statement. His, his station was surrounded by hostile natives. They were intent on killing the Pattons and burning the, down the station. Patton and his wife prayed through the night in hopes that God would deliver them. When daylight came, the natives were gone. And a year later, when the tribal uh, the tribal chief was converted to Christ, Patton asked him why they did not attack. The chief was surprised by Patton's question. He asked, Who were all those men with you? Although Patton knew of no other men, the chief said he was afraid to attack because he had seen hundreds of big men in shining garments who circled the mission statements with their station with their swords drawn. I tell you what, there is a God in heaven that protects us the same way. He is still the God of sovereign power and we can sleep and rest in security. We can sleep in our vulnerability because God is in control. We can sleep while surrounded by problems and difficulties and and troubles on every hand. We can sleep. We can rest secured in the fact that God is in control. Displaying a security in the midst of danger. Notice lastly, not only by delivering up the source of our danger. Giving it to God. Taking it to God in prayer. By depending, on sovereign, uh, by depending on the sovereign over our danger. There's a God in heaven that's in complete control. And displaying a security in the midst of danger. But also by directing our sight above our danger. Notice verse 7 and 8. He said, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God. For Thou hast smitten all mine enemies upon the cheekbone, and Thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. You know, often in facing danger and enemies, we focus on their ability. That's what the generals in the military do. They they use surveillance. They use satellite imagery. They use all of these things to size up the enemy. To, to, to make them known. They got their eye on the enemy. They 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 seek out knowledge about their ability, their strength, and their tactics. But David has not got his sights on his enemy. He has his sights on the Almighty. <laughs> he said, Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for Thou hast smitten all mine enemies. You see, first of all, set your sights on God's strength. That's what he said in verse 7. He is looking at God's strength. I'm reminded of Psalm 119, 126. It is time for the Lord to work. Amen. David said, it's time to go to business, God. It's time to take care of the enemy. Come down, O Lord. O Lord, save me. Meet my enemy on the battlefield. You see, it's not uh, uh, notable. It it, it is notable that the psalm begins with the attacks from the enemy coming from the mouth. If you remember verse one, he said. Verse two, he said, many there be which say of me, there is no help from him in God. The first attack came from the mouth, and now here in verse seven, he's saying, Arise, O Lord smite them in the jaw, shut that mouth Lord, amen, you got that old hussy co-worker talking about you Lord, smite them in the mouth, shut their mouths against me he is praying that his enemies' mouths would be closed, here God silences their mouths and notice the tense, what David says, isn't that unusual? Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God for thou hast smitten thou, it's like it's already done It's like, like God, all you got to do is show up on the battlefield and it's a done deal. It's already taken. The enemy has has been vanquished. Uh, The the victor is God in his ability. You see, uh, David is praying as though it's already a done deal. This is our confidence when facing the enemies that surround us. Focus on God's strength, not the strength of your enemies, not the amount of your bills, Not the strength of those employers. Focus on His ability. His strength for the battle. God will hear and God will protect. Notice He said, set your sights on God's strength, but also set your sights on God's salvation. Look at verse 8. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Victory and triumph is not in the hands of the enemy. Victory and triumph is not in how many they are, how difficulty, how, uh, how, how, how troubling they are, how loud they are. It is on the strength of God. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Your enemy may whisper defeat in your ear time and time again. But it's not up to him. It's not up to him. The, uh, the, Let's see, he may may seem like he's coming at you from all sides, approaching from every angle, but salvation belongs to God, not to your enemy. Your fate is not in the hands of your adversary. It rests securely in the hands of God. Your defeat, your victory, or your your defeat or your victory lies solely in the hands of an almighty God. William Cowper wrote this, "It It makes no matter... What our enemies be, through, for, though for number legions, for power principalities, for, uh, for, for subtility serpents, for cruelty dragons, for vantage of place, a prince of the air, for maliciousness, spiritual wickedness, stronger is he that is in us than they that are, uh, that are against us. Nothing is able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We shall be more than conquerors through Him which loved us. You see, it do, it's not in their hands. You see, set your sights on God's salvation. Set your sights on His ability to deliver, His ability to save. Doesn't matter what's thrown at us in our lives, God interrupts our dangers. <laughs> You know, this blessing, uh, this, uh, look at the last part of verse 8 in closing. He said, Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. This blessing of divine protection is only for God's people. This, uh, uh, this message is null and void for those that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ if you've never become a child of God, if you have never repented of your sins and placed your faith and trust on what Jesus Christ did on that cross, this sermon is null and void. You have no guarantee of protection. Your enemies have every right to destroy you. Jesus died on that cross of Calvary to cleanse for sin and those that are His people, we can relish. (laughs) <laughs> we can relish in the protection of God in our daily lives. He is my shield. He is my glory. He's the lifter of my head. As we come with a song of invitation, let's all stand. I don't know what you're dealing with. We've been dealing, I've noticed God's hand in what we've been doing in all of the situations and all the messages we've been going through lately. We've been dealing a lot with trials. We've been dealing a lot with enemies, discouragement. We've been dealing a lot with God's deliverance in times of difficulty. I believe God always purposes what He preaches. I I believe that God takes what is read from His Word, what is taught from His Word, and directly pinpoints problems and difficulties in people's lives. I don't know what you're going through. Everybody's in their Sunday, Sunday morning best. Everybody's got smiles on their faces. But a lot of us are dealing with a lot of enemies. Enemies from the world, the flesh, and the devil. Listen, why don't you take consolation? Why don't you take strength today from the fact that God can interrupt our dangers? Now, I believe if we'll follow what David said, uh, 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 set forth in Psalm number 3, and follow his steps down the path of danger, I believe God is able to and willing to deliver us from our dangers. I wonder what dangers you're in today. Oh, it may not be the threat of an enemy coming into your house with a sword, going to cut you uh, out of your house or cut your head off or whatever, but there are enemies in this world that try to defame us, They try to wreck us. They try to ruin us. There is a devil out there that is your number one enemy. But I like what William Cowper said in that last quote. Greater is he that is within us than he that is within the world. I wonder as we every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe there's someone here today that it would admit. Brother Ronnie, there's never been a a time in my life when I have turned from my sin. That means turned from living a life of sin and self. Going your own way. Doing your own thing. There's never been a time in my life when I've turned away from that and took a step of faith and put my trust in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Never been convicted of my sin. Never been found a wanting when it comes to eternal life. Listen, today's the day of salvation. First of all, you have to realize your sinful condition. First of all, realize that you've broken God's law. You've lied. Every one of us has lied. Every, every one of us told lies and broken God's law. God said, 11, uh, Revelation 11, uh, tw- uh, 21, 11, all liars that have their part in the lake of fire. Every, every one of us has taken things that didn't belong to us. Irregardless of the signs, we've all stolen. We've all broken God's law. God said that no thief shall inherit the kingdom of God. Time and time again, we could go down God's law, the Ten Commandments, and we could see a mountain of sin pile up on our camp. God must judge sin. God must take care of it. God must either punish sin by sending your soul into hell, your soul and body into hell for all of eternity, or expunge it. Forgive it. Place it under the blood of his precious son. Would you not repent today? Would you not come to Christ, put your trust in him today? Whether there be one, say, Brother Ronnie, I've never put my trust in Jesus. Would you raise your hand? Listen, I won't come embarrass you, but I will pray for you. Whether there be one, Brother Ronnie, I'm not saved. Pray for me. I don't see a single hand. I trust you know Him. This divine protection is only for those that are His people. Now, I'm talking to God's people here. Are you dealing with difficulty? Are you dealing with enemies that seem to be on every hand? Put your trust in God. Know that He is your shield. He is your glory. He is the lifter of your head. Take some encouragement and consolation. From a warrior. Maybe you'd like to come down to this altar and say, God, I am trusting you. David, what did he do first? He brought it to the Lord. Maybe that's the whole thing you've been leaving off. David just delivered it up before God. Delivered up the source of his danger. Maybe that's what you have to do. Maybe you need to come down this altar right now and say, God... It feels like the enemy's on every hand. And I've been fighting this battle on my own. Right now this morning, I'm going to lay it at your feet. I'm going to come with my complaint, not to my mother, not to my sister. I'm going to come with my complaint directly to the throne of God. And say, God, I want you to move and work in my life. I want you to vanquish my enemy. You to help me to endure this test. Maybe it's time you brought this to the Lord. Delivered it up to Him. You come. As we begin to sing, what song are we singing? 371, have thine own way. Let him have his way tonight. You come. I'm trusting to the unseen hand. We hope and pray that today's episode of the Unseen Hand podcast has been a help and blessing to you. For more information such as other podcasts, ministry helps, blog posts, previous sermons, or how to contact Brother Brown directly, just go to RonnieBrown.net. Join us next time for another message from Brother Ronnie on the Unseen Hand podcast. Until then, may God's unseen hand gently guide you on your journey home. The Unseen Hand